think we should be live momentarily. Welcome to another episode of Dojo U Live. Things are uh, going to be extremely exciting here. Uh, I've got some Jimmy rigging to do here with my setup. So Carl, um, what are we doing this week? Like it's a little, uh, I feel like it's a little different than what we've done in past weeks and we're making some changes. So you want to go through them? Yeah, so we had the idea of um, of spending an extra day reviewing each um, each submission, user submission here, um, and spending a little extra time with it, making sure you guys get really awesome feedback. And then we want to put together a sort of curated show um, on some of the recordings that best reflect either improvement or um, the topics of that week, things that need to, to be improved or common errors where many people were struggling. But uh, it, it allows us to, to really spend the time that we need to with each individual and also hopefully put together a sure. more instructional um, show, live show today. Um, that's the goal anyway. We'll see how well we succeed with that. But of course, at Dojo U, we have our... Um, recording submission system where each member is given a uh, task or, or the membership rather is given a task each week to complete generally two parts of a tune and this week we have the first two parts of Callum Beg focusing of course on tuning and embellishment quality so those will be sort of the themes for today's live show as well we're going to be listening especially to those uh, two things as well as our general category that we use to score, or categories rather that we use to score. So all the scoring's been done. I mean, I think that'll be a big change, like a big help, because like the live stream before, you know, we were scoring things in real time, so it, t it takes a little while. Um, and now we yeah. can be maybe a little bit more concise, um, and it also solves the good problem, which is too many people submitting, right? Like, like we were getting to the end of ninety minutes live. Uh, and still yeah. not done with everybody. So so now we're already done, and it's just kind of like, I think it's kind of a cool way to uh, wrap up the week here at Dojo U, so. Yeah. We hope you like it. I put the, um, this is the mission that every member at Dojo U uh, would see for this week, right? Uh, you may have already read it out loud, Carl. I was uh, busy deep in my hole, but there you go. Uh, I remembered it from, from memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you go. That. Uh, we've got these cool things at Dojo U, by the way, uh, these tune building posts. I don't know if the world has seen these, but like uh, we're super excited about these. And um, so each little piece of the tune, by the way, and go. Uh, are recorded so you can practice along, but it also loops Ready? And like this. Go. It's going to loop again, Ready? And which is really cool. Uh, and we do that with uh, the various, you know, bar one, bar two, then we put them together. Uh, bar three, uh, bar four is recycled. You know, we don't need to relearn it. And then we can put that together. And so we've got these tune building posts and that's, that's what's helping folks learn these tunes really fairly quickly uh, and get them ready for performance, you know, really just within a couple of days uh and stuff like that so that's pretty exciting why don't we uh why don't we listen to the first um example carl and this looks like somebody you graded so maybe you can um you know give your feedback 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, this, uh, this recording, we've got some, we've got really close to in tune, and, and we'll listen through this in a moment. Um, I thought the drones were really, really close in this recording. They were just maybe a tiny, like maybe one ten or tiny bit out, but still a really good sound here. Um, but we'll, we'll listen for a few movements in the blowing, which are, are a little bit more evident because of how well it's tuned. Um, and then we'll talk about some more stuff after that, but let's go ahead and listen through this recording. things that really comes across like right from the get-go is I kind of want to listen to this performance because the pipes sound good um, and then when we really listen closely like especially somebody as experienced as I am listening to bagpipes like if I dial in a little bit it's like you said the drones aren't perfect but it is remarkable right when you get them close as opposed to not really having them close uh, it makes such a huge difference and the sound becomes suddenly super pleasant um, and then, yeah. and and then the chanter, the chanter's not locked in perfectly with the drones either, but it's really darn close. And so, and so that makes me want to sit back, relax, and and see what his fingers can do, as opposed to like a performance where that's not the case. You know, sometimes you've just written the whole thing off from the get go because the sound of the it's like it's like trying to listen to Jimi Hendrix with an out of tune guitar or something, right? You're just not going to want to. Yeah. Um, so uh, nice job, and, and we see a, a pretty good score here. Um, yeah, I feel like the instrument scores yeah. should be higher. Like I, you, you were mean on this one, I think. Yeah, I was maybe a little mean. Yeah, it's it's uh, so I apologize for that, but uh, I don't know. I mean, um, for for me, the the the, the channel sound overall was a little underblown, um, and also I was hearing lots of moving on the second hand. That being said. 
and, and I think maybe the tuning was, was a bit low on that score, and, and perhaps tonal, but, um, you know, as you said there, Andrew, it's one of those things that it's just, it takes you out when the drones are really in, like, it takes you out of the, <laughs> your mindset a little bit, because it is enjoyable to listen to it. Um, so sorry if the score is a little low. I think it's too low. You know, I was talking to uh, and and uh, and it's fine, right? It's going to happen. But I was talking to Andy Fusco about this the other day. It's like that three. When you get a three on this, and this is for the. I think it's good for the world to know this, right? Three is like three is like drop dead average. Um, and even though there were issues in the blowing, and maybe it was underblown in general. Like, uh, and I forget what our rubric actually says text-wise, but it's it's something along the lines of, you know, distracting from the musicality of the performance, like, somewhat significantly. So, so uh, but, I mean, it's like 2.5 seems low, that's all. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that's hard to judge because, yeah, that's, uh, anyway, probably low. It depends, like, how, it depends how many critiques you've done up to this point, too, right? You start yeah, to I get think this was one of the, the later ones. Start to get so. jaded, like, uh not blowing steady. Uh, yeah, but uh, fixate on one thing. Anyway, there there were a few other uh, things to address in this uh, recording, I think, that are worth pointing out, of course, right? There was a lot of missed or incorrect grace notes yeah. and a lot of false fingering. Uh, also what we like to call phantom crossing noises in this. And this, this was a very common occurrence in a lot of the recordings I listened to. Um, C, E, or E, C, phantom crossing noises, or false fingering. Um, that was a very common thing across a lot of the recordings. Um, so we'll hear a few others today, I think. But uh, A crossing noise is, yeah. a crossing noise, right, like defined objectively is any unwanted or unintended sound that occurs as we're navigating the scale, as we're going from note to note, right? So, so there's two different types. There's the type most of us are familiar with, which make big, fat, ugly sounds. Like when I play Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Right? Um, those are those big, nasty crossing noises, but you can go too far the other way where, uh, where we're left with a false fingering as we switch notes. Right, see how you can hear those mushy, that mushy quality in between notes that's caused by that moment of uh, uh, false fingering. So, uh, and so that's what Carl's talking about here and it's, it's more evident on the full pipes than it is on the, on the chanter, right? So, um, it's a good performance. Uh, I, I think, I think the yeah. for me the instrument score could have been higher and the fingerwork score could have been lower because uh, there's just a lot of stuff out of place. Um, like scale navigation's not that clean, and the uh, we need to get those grace notes organized, right? A lot of G D E grace note combinations that you have to play in that combination, and it might be a little awkward at first, but that is the most efficient most musical way uh, to work your way through the tune. I will say though, the Pele, the hornpipe movement thing or majig there was, was pretty nice, pretty good. Um, yeah. So uh, there you go, that was a nice one. What else we got? We got another one? Yeah, we got another one. So uh, let's see, do we wanna look at the score first or, or listen first? 
let's um let's you know what let's take a moment and zero in on uh one of the themes of the week embellishments today uh let's zero in on that let's think a little bit more um because as we listen we really kind of want to think about that here at dojo you because it's it's one of our fundamental things of the week now people who are in the secret room are not going to be able to see or hear this so we got to sit tight for what is it like 90 seconds or something but here is the dojo here's the dojo outlook on embellishments playing simple grace notes on a scale with only nine notes on an instrument that only has one volume it would get kind of boring after a while wouldn't it so as the bagpipe world evolved over years and years Piper started to get fancy by essentially throwing combos, kind of like skateboarders and snowboarders. And these combos ended up being called, thank God, embellishments, not actually called combos. Many Pipers believe, likely due to how they appear on the page, that embellishments are just a bunch of grace notes grouped together. But this isn't actually technically correct. The best definition of an embellishment is a rapid fire group of melody notes and grace notes grouped together and repeated regularly in bagpipe music. Let's look at a couple of examples of these quick fire groups of melody notes and grace notes. Here's a simple C doubling. Every time you play any embellishment, identify the steps and then play those steps. At first, play the steps slowly, slow enough to easily get it perfect. Then gradually speed the steps up. A finished embellishment will have accurate and evenly played steps, each of which should be played as short as musically possible. Don't play the steps so short that it turns to mush, however. Any listener should always be able to discern the contents and the rhythm of your embellishment. Keep in mind, because embellishments are combinations of melody notes and of grace notes, that means you have to beware of crossing noises and you have to have great grace note quality inside each and every embellishment. If not, the embellishment will become sloppy. Let's look at the Terlewith from E to low A. From E to the first low G, watch out for that rolling crossing noise that you can sometimes get. Then in step two, the D grace note has to be played well, as infinitely small as possible. On step three, watch out for the dreaded out of sync E grace note up to low A. So, the completed Terlewith. Ah, there it is, sounding pretty good there. Perfecting embellishments takes control over your finger work. You wanna always have the steps completely at your command. What are the steps of your weakest embellishments? Can you play each step individually, accurately, and evenly? If not, start slow and work it up to speed, and that encapsulates the art of playing good embellishments. Okay, that's it, I think. Whew, that was longer than I remember. I think maybe it's because we're all like sitting here in the room like... Uh... It's funny, uh, Easter, egg. Easter egg in that one is... Uh... I was watching the Tour de France on my phone as I was doing that recording project. So you can see like the little, <laughs> the, the little bicyclists in the thing. Uh, that was, and that was a Tour de France two years ago. Chris, yeah, Chris Froome was the big winner. And uh, now he's kind of in the doghouse. 
Um, so, uh, embellishments, right? I mean, um, that's the way we look at it. Objectively, like, uh, what are the components of the embellishment? And then once we know the components, we can master the art of playing them re the, those components really, really well. Um, so identifying it. That would be as opposed to what I think is a potential really big pitfall uh, for people, especially people who don't have like an instructor available to them like regularly all the time that can correct the little mistakes that might come up from this is the muscle memory approach to embellishments, like just memorizing how the fingers need to wiggle and then doing that like every single time. Uh, that that works for only a few people, like I said, who who pick things up really fast and who have consistent feedback like, oh, you crunch that. Oh, that needs to be more open. Um, oh, that's not really balanced or you need to shorten a low G here. You know, instead of that, let's just do this, right? Like on a tear low, it would be low G, D grace note on low G, E grace note up to low A. Play those steps all accurately with no crossing noises. Great grace notes and evenly making sure all the steps are symmetrical. So anyway, without further ado, shall we hear Beth uh, give this a whirl? Yeah, here comes Beth. Okay, All nice right. job, Beth. Uh, the uh, I think some of the I th I think the scale navigation is definitely not a three point seven five. But I, I don't want to be critical. It's funny because listening through that, Andrew, like the first time through, I know what I was when I was writing scoring this one. I was listening to the tuning and the tonal quality, and I was writing those comments. And I totally missed the the big lift drop. Uh, yeah. Crossing noises in the first part. Got away with one there. She got away with one. But I mean, it's, it is good, right? And it's a really, really good uh, improvement. Uh, the single grace note quality, like there were a lot of misses in there, a lot of sync errors. Um, and, and I think that was really holding things back. And, and of course, the grace notes are really pretty big in size, but uh, 
Beth says she put a new bag on this week, so. Um, yeah. So things should sound extra good when you put a new bag on. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so so uh, walk us through this, Carl. What do we got? So, um, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's kind of challenging, right? Uh, I thought in the second part, right, we had really good scale map. And I, I think that's true. We had some phantom crossing noises for sure. But you know, as already mentioned, we had a couple of lift drop crossing noises, like in bar four of part one. Heard that around this time. At any rate, um, little, definitely a tiny bit of little rushing towards the ending phrase there. Da ba da ba da da dum So we got to watch out for that as well. Just keeping our rhythmic accuracy um, consistent. Now that was pretty subtle um, this time, so I thought that was good. Embellishment-wise, the B strike was a little inconsistent, but you can tell that Beth's working to, to really open them up and, and get them nice and clean. It's not quite there 100%, but on the right path there. We need to do the same sort of work for that burl, hearing at least those two, well, at least, no, hearing exactly two sounds there on our burl as well. Um, Lastly, blowing on this particular recording was uh, not quite as good as some of the previous ones from Beth. We know that. Um, definitely a few big movements here. So might be that new bag a little bit, but otherwise um, really good. Drone's not 100% locked. One tenor out, I think, but definitely not locked. Nice I, I didn't really enjoy. Bag. I didn't really enjoy the bagpipe sound here. Like. Um, like just like that's just me describing my experience and and it was just the drones weren't locked Janner not totally locked with the drones and then the blowing was was iffy you know um i i think that the quality score i think that's probably a pretty good representation of what i was feeling like it was just very like like meh very like meh and so we didn't really it didn't have the same sparkle rogers did for me and i'm just like i'm just spewing i'm just spewing uh subjective things out out there but uh uh but when we drill down into those thoughts like we can see those objective things that are in there so uh it's definitely good though um beth's going with banatine extended small some action on the comments today i like it um i'm not sure she recorded only the second part and then later realized you've forgotten the first part hmm the uh, rolling crossing noise down to low G there, Beth, uh, in the in the first part that that could be tricky. I think for a lot for a lot of folks, right? Right. Don't start the tune on a big crossing noise. We got to get the clean synchronicity of the fingers down to low G there. And that's what made me shake my head right at the beginning is like, I see three, seven, five for scale navigation on Carl's score. And then I heard a big rolling crossing noise. So uh, Beth, we love you, but watch out for that. Um, so that's pretty good. I mean, tuning is a tough thing. Uh, and we talk a lot at the dojo about the six steps of tuning your bagpipes, right? Um, and I actually don't have a big fancy video about this, but we talk about it all the time where uh, the six steps, 
First step is make sure your bagpipe is settled and acclimatized before you expect anything to become finely tuned, right? So you wanna warm up for a little while, uh, long story short. Then we need to balance the tuning of the chanter by putting the reed in the right place in the reed seat. And we go into this in a lot of detail. I won't go into it now. Uh, then we tune one drone to the chanter. Usually if you're a beginner or an intermediate, you're just gonna listen to low A and make sure the drones are locked in with that, right? Then you tune the other two drones to the first drone. Then you repeat that process a lot, why? Get it closer and closer, your bagpipe changes. And the bagpipe's always changing, right? The chanter's always changing in pitch. And then uh, finally, once the chanter has uh, really settled and stopped making big changes in pitch over time, then, then it's worth you know fine tuning some of those chanter notes, fixing that slightly flat D or whatever, or maybe a sharp high G. And we could use tape or other means to fine tune that chanter and get it really locked in. That's the six steps, right? That was a whole lot of stuff that I just spewed out there. One of the things that I talk about in class is those are the steps, but there are really only two objectives and, and there are two like things for me. The answer is either yes or no. And if the answer is yes to two things, that means I'm ready to go. So for example, if I'm about to compete in a PBROC competition, there's two boxes I have to check. For me, box number one is, are my drones locked in together? Are the three drones sounding as one? Meaning there's no wavering in the tuning at all of any of those three drones. If I can check that box, I go on to box number two, which is, is my chanter perfectly in tune with those drones, right? Uh, and, and again, back in the day, it was just a matter of, okay, if my low A is in tune with my drones, I'm good to go, right? And I would sort of just operate on the assumption that my dad or my teacher or whatever had the rest of my chanter set up nicely for me and everything was good. Uh, and then I could check that box and move on. An, an advanced player is going to sample all the notes on the scale and make sure all the notes are locked in with the drones. And you'll, that's why you hear those tuning phrases commonly. Is That's essentially, long story short, what those tuning phrases are for. It allows us to check the two key boxes. Are my drones locked in together? And is my chanter locked in with the drones? So when I listen to any performance, those are my kind of litmus tests. By the way, it also contributes to your score you're gonna get on a dojo scoring rubric. Uh, you know, those two things. No one's grading you on whether or not you did the six steps. Nobody cares. All I care about is drones locked, chanter locked to drones, bingo. That's what, that, that's what tuning is. Now, don't forget, I mean, there's still tonal quality, but we talk about that, right, lower on the totem pole, getting that nice steady blowing, uh, and a great uh, timbral quality out of the chanter. I'm running over my uh, headphone cord with my chair now, Carl, so let's listen to another one. All right, you're up for this one, so do you have your scores ready? Oh, uh, no, by no means do I have those scores ready. Okay, I, I will go search it for you in the meantime. Okay. Here it comes, Ken. I liked this performance. This was a good one.
Okay, uh, so Ken, great job. Uh, that would be a great example for me of like the drones for the most part. And I commented about this, like if you really hold a microscope to it, you'll hear the base is slightly out with the tenors. But on first glance, those drones are locked. Uh, uh, tick box number one is definitely checked for Ken. And, and maybe this could be one of the downsides. Like I think the low A was pretty locked in with the drones too. So Ken probably thought to himself, my drones are locked in. My low A sounds great with my drones. Sweet, let's go. And then what we sort of learn later is that we have an F that's really sharp, high A that's kind of sharp, high G that's kind of sharp, E that's kind of, like a lot of the other notes, especially on the high hand here, are sharp for Ken. Uh, and he's got a really good ear, so he starts to maybe try to adjust and figure out maybe what's happening, or maybe I'm overblowing, and then we get we get some tonal quality surges and dips kind of as a result. We got that crowy high A sound uh, up there, and uh, Carl can't find my notes. It's okay. You're you're uh, you're definitely not. What do they call you when we first did the show? Like you're too stone. Beth said you're too stone faced. Like you're not anymore. Stone faced. You're not stone faced no, right now. Well, you're you're expressing I, I your can't. displeasure really well. Next yeah, week I'm gonna I I'm I gonna keep open the 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 recording and get your things without without yeah using the application anymore. Yeah. Well, well there you go. Short. It's not coming. It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> Ken got a good score, and uh, he's the man. So hey, Ken, nice job. Uh, so we had like some bagpipe issues. And that's where, so for somebody like Ken, he's Ken's very experienced piper, and he definitely has a good ear, and you can kind of tell. Uh, make sure you check low A, and then you also kind of, you know, use exercise your right to a tuning phrase. It's a it's your Second Amendment right. No, that's different. Uh, it's like you it'll be the next amendment of the Constitution. Oh, oh, that's right. You're from Canada, so you you guys don't really. Never mind. So um. Uh, so, so uh, exercise your right to free to free tuning, and uh, check out all the notes and make sure there's no trends. Like, oh, all my notes on the top hand are funky. Oh, they're definitely kind of sharp or what have you, uh, and and figure that out. And then technique-wise, it's really good with some minor glitches. Uh, I love the rhythm for the most part. Every now and then, it edges ahead slightly, but the rhythm was really nice with the metronome. Not that the metronome is is our religion, but but being able to play with the metronome really well shows that you have great control and that you're making good adjustments as you play. Um, grace note quality, good. Embellishment quality, pretty darn good. I didn't hear any major crossing noises, but I was focused on the bagpipe today as I listened through that, so maybe I'm wrong. But you know what? The other good thing is, is you can't criticize my score, Carl, because you couldn't find it. It's, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's really not fair. I'm going to make sure to look through them ahead of time for you. <laughs> so, uh, so, Carl, let's see your next uh, shoddily done critique, shall we? Great. Here we go. Uh, Ken, great job. Congrats on a good performance.
All right. So, Roberta, you're out there. Okay, so this was intentional, trying to put the metronome on the offbeat to fix some rhythm issues. Interesting. Yeah, it was certainly one of those things where, what is going on in this recording? When I first listened to it, I was like, it's very, very interesting. And then it took a moment to figure it out, of course. Very pop, um, very pop music. you did music. a really good job. Sorry, Andrew, what did you say? I said it was very pop music, like, like I felt, it was like the backbeat. Do, do, ch, do, do, ch, do, do, ch. Get a little bit. Get a yeah, there was just a few moments there, Roberta, where you, you did end up a little off, especially like in the ending phrases. Um, so watch out for that. But I mean, this is a really nice performance. And I think this is a great example of good embellishments. And of course, what did I do with the score, Andrew? And not applicable. <laughs> <laughs> You are you are you're a special case. I mean, you must have been. Oh, like, I, am today. I don't know what was going on with you yesterday, buddy, but you got it. Uh, you got it all I, I figured out. I think that out. deserves at least a four, though, out of five, because we heard really great articulation on um, on the embellishments here. So on our B on our B hornpipe strikes, doublings were nice and consistent. Um, yeah, that's really really nice. Uh, it was. The bagpipe was pristine, right? Like, the boxes were definitely checked off. Really, really nice. And, you know, and then, sure enough, some really good technique and, and good clean playing came along. And it makes you want to forgive the small little things. Like, yeah, like Carl pointing out, we had some small catches. Um, yeah. I, I think some of them, Carl, are great, teeny tiny grace notes, sync errors, not necessarily crossing noises. Um, mm -hmm. so like maybe scale navigation should have been like 3.85, you know, but, uh, who am I to criticize your, uh, score? Uh, and yeah, then you didn't maybe, even do yours. <laughs> yeah, I did mine, but you just can't, you just can't access them. So, uh, <laughs> metronome offbeat, not always accurate, but, but it is cool, especially that you meant to do it. It, it, that, it yeah. is a really cool, uh, exercise to do. Just don't do that exercise for eight months, right? Like. You know, do the exercise and move on, right, Roberta? It's very Victor Wooten-ish. Yeah. Victor Wooten would, like, set the metronome to only click once every five offbeats. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, really, really nice uh, performance, there, Roberta. Good job. A couple of, I mean, there's a couple of ALAP ASAP thoughts. Like, what'd you give her on the ALAP ASAP? You know that, that might be a little little high, but but some of the there's some fusion. Uh, I'm just trying to annoy Carl at this point. It's fine. The score is fine. Uh, right here in the um, before the pele, right? We have a dot and a cut, and then I don't know why I call this a pele. I think it's just I don't know. It's an accepted name. Is it? I don't really know. Uh, but that's what I've always called it. Sorry if if that's a problem. Hornpipe tripling, hornpipe shake, whatever. So we have this. Right, and so you're kind of deviating from that nice dot cut groove, and you're playing the B really quite big before the pele. And then what we really need is we need it to be fused in, right? Right. Uh, 
as opposed to because then you kind of it just kind of betrays the feel when when we change the rhythm like that so that our palette can be nice and clean so just keep an eye out for that uh little little teeny tiny little things okay how are we doing carl i feel like uh we're chugging right along yeah we're doing well um I just have a doubt on the next recording. Hang on. Let me make sure that's the right person. Who is the next person? Yeah, okay. The next person is Deb. Deb, 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 Deb. Yeah, it's Deb. There we go. It's uploading the right one. There was two Debs, and one was from a different recording. So here we go. And I thought this was a really, really good performance. At least Deb is sneaky. from yesterday. Deb is sneaky good. Yeah, so shall we take a listen here? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. She had gone on and played the remaining parts or, or yeah it would have been nice but at the very least it's ah man uh, the the tuning is really good there deb really really nice um and tonal quality is getting there definitely getting there um definitely a little bit underblown in my opinion f certainly you know we, we heard it coming in quite flat there and i, and I I think that's the underblowing more than anything else. But uh, aside from that, really nice bagpipe. And that's cool. Meanwhile, that's like consistency. Andrew, what do you think? I think that was pretty fair. Uh, I would would go lower. Um, Like to me, that was my biggest criticism of the finger work is is that it was just round overall. It's just a a little bit safe and we're not getting quite the dynamic pop we could get. Uh, to me, this is what I was hearing. Right? So, uh, it's consistent, which is great, right? So the rhythm, the rhythm maybe could be higher. For me but the dot cut quality the consistency is great the quality we could we could do more we could stretch the dot a little bit more to get
you know what I mean? Just just a little bit extra. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Expression. <laughs> a little bit extra expression there. Uh, and uh, I think that could have like really like. I mean. I'm, I'm splitting hairs though, really, aren't I? Because the rest is so good. So it's just something you could tweak, right? Deb could turn it from eight to 9.5 there on the dot cut spectrum. And then, yeah. and then, then the next question sort of on, a, on the big picture scheme, right, is there's a trade-off, right? Like where do you draw the line between control and clarity versus dot cut and expression? Right. So so for me, all I'm saying is I would draw the line a little bit more uh, uh, to the a little bit more towards longer dots, shorter cuts. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, that's just what I think. Uh, but I mean, it's a fantastic performance. Seventy five is a great score. Yeah, it really is. And um, I would imagine that's on the higher side. One of maybe Deb's highest so far. I don't know. Well, Deb kind of Deb was kind of on a hiatus and recently came back. So Deb's Deb's always been playing at high level. Not always. I mean, yeah. so it's it's really good. <laughs> Deb takes it seriously though. She's like a you know a great uh, a great do hero of dojo. You what do you call those? A titan, like Hercules, yeah. Roberta. You're just gonna get Deb. Deb working on the belts. Yeah, Deb's got to get it on the belts. But she also, she's still working on dragging and dropping files from one folder to another. You know? I know. I know. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the belts are cool. The belts are really cool. So, for those who don't know, uh, there's, the new belt system is built into Dojo U, and, uh, and we're having great success. What do we say? We have... Uh, like 68 people that have reached yellow belt. We have, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think we have four purple belts, although two of them are me and you, like that have uh, gotten to that level. But we've got two students that have made it all the way to purple um, and, and different, quite a few greens. So uh, what it is, is it's, a, uh, it's an achievement system uh, that helps you earn points. And, and, and we've designed it such that black belt really would signify a mastery of the bagpipe like uh you know and so it's pretty cool so it really it allows you to work up through things and you gather points along the way like you know do the beginner's tutor you get points play in a parade you get points uh what else you get points for um doing the fingerwork fundamentals course and passing all of the tests you get points for that and stuff like that so uh for those who haven't been to dojo you in a while check it out uh it's fun and really educational too, I think. So uh, how many more we got here, Kara? We're gonna do another of yours. Another one of mine? Just to spread things out a bit, yeah. Is this the last one? Um, we have a, it might, yeah, it might be the last one. We'll see how, how much time it takes, but yeah. Um, here comes Mr. John H's uh, recording.
performance. I mean, what would you say, Carl? Uh, underblown or tuned a little flat? Or overblowing when tuning? You know, it's tough to say, but, but for me, the bagpipe was really quite pleasant to the ear, except it had that dull quality to it that you'll get when your channel's yeah. a little bit flat. And, um, and it could either be that you got the tuning wrong, or it could be that when you're actually in game time mode, you're underblowing. And of course, underblowing would, would make the chanter read sound a little bit flatter. Um, so, yeah, it's tough to tell, John. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, I would go for the maybe slight underblowing. Yeah. Just, you know, that's one of those things. Yeah, I agree. Totally hard to tell. Um, well, and I mean, there are clues, right? Like when we get to the second part, we got up to the high G and the high A down from the low A. Got better. Well, no, not necessarily. Where I was going with that was uh, there was overblowing and like uh, and definitely notable blowing changes as we switched notes. So maybe it was being underblown and then now, now there's a lot of room to move and we have that surge and it's just not locked in at that sweet spot zone of the chanter read, which of course we will talk about in future weeks here at Dojo U Live. But, uh, but yeah, it's a good performance. So the, tuning, the bagpipe quality was good. Chanter slightly flat for some reason. Uh, finger work wise, rhythm was good. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing you could zero in on, John, to get this to the next level is to get those grace notes more crisp and more small. They're just, they're just a little too big. And so that makes everything just kind of take a little longer. Right, that really limits the amount of action you can get, the amount of, uh, you know, crispness. So, smaller. I was trying to play them super small there so you could hear the difference. But Andrew, effectively, if John is struggling here with making them smaller, what can he do to physically make those grace notes smaller and crisper? We've talked about this before on this very show. I remember staring at the screen going through it. But I mean, so, so I would break it down like this. Okay, my grace notes are too big, I don't know what to do. Well, there's really only two things you could do to make a grace note smaller in my mind, and maybe I'm missing one, but one of them would be finger height. So the less far your fingers travel off the chanter, the smaller the grace note would probably be. So you could, you could look at that, right? Maybe film yourself playing at an angle where you can see how high your fingers are going. Uh, so that'd be the uh, one John, thing. Do you have a, uh, an iPhone with like slow-mo recording or, or a phone that has slow motion recording? Do that and watch your fingers. Um, it might help give you some ideas. Sorry, Andrew, go on. That's the first one. And then the second one is speed, right? So as the speed at which your fingers leave the channel and come back, um, you know, so for me, that might just be adding a little bit of muscle, uh, you know, adding a little bit of muscle or spring into my fingers. 
uh, and, and use a little bit more force, those would be the two ways that you can make a grace note smaller. And, and again, there, there is somewhere microscopically, there is some leeway, right? Like, like to me, uh, like you look at a player like Jack Lee, he has a slightly bigger, more open grace note than somebody like Angus McCall, uh, who, who plays really a quite small grace note, right? Uh, there's some leeway there, but right now your grace notes are too big in that they're hindering the flow of the music, right? There's only, there's only so fast you can play a good embellishment when the grace notes are big. Uh, and, then, and then the grace notes also kind of swallow up some of the small melody notes too at times. So I think that's the biggest thing to think about. And, uh, and it's going to take practice. It's, it's not, it's not a, a switch you can throw. It's something where you're woodshedding it, you know, uh, over time and, and improving it and, and sort of adjusting your mindset. Yeah. It's like a low carb diet. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably yeah, John. Sorry. There's, there's a delay. I apologize. Go on, Andrew. That's it. No, no, no. Don't apologize. I was just going to say, for me, John, one of the keys that helped me achieve smaller grace notes was relaxing my fingers and using the muscles instead of pushing down to actually, once my fingers were up, push them down uh, instead of just gripping the chanter. Um, that and just doing some simple exercises like maybe playing triplets. Great because we, we address three of the most common or the three most common um, grace notes there and work on keeping the fingers relaxed while decreasing their size. Now, there's no magic solution, but uh, it's you know, an incremental. You will get there. I promise. Keep at it. And, like, and then the other thing I would say is, right, you know, uh, don't become obsessed with it either. You know, just be aware of it uh, because you'll be obsessed with it and it'll be the only thing you think about. And you might succeed in getting the grace notes to sound great, but then other fundamentals might fall by the wayside. So it's just just awareness and uh, trying different things, and uh, you know, uh, and you'll get there for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. This has been cool. I much like. I much prefer this format to what we used to do. Yeah, I think it'll be be, be good. We have more time to be helpful. Uh, so yeah. We'll, I think it's we'll, just we'll try more... and do this again next week and see how it goes. What, what, what kind of um, public service announcements do we have? Um, I have a couple notes. Go for it. Uh, we have cruise.dojouniversity.com. We are now in the final month where registration is uh, available for the cruise. I think, all of the, uh, I think all of the group rooms have been booked all of our rooms in the group block, but you can still absolutely call the cruise line, get a good price on a room and join our group. It's just the actual rooms we have blocked have all been filled, which is cool. It's a good problem to have. Uh, so check that out. And we also have tuning.dojouniversity.com. Uh, we have a Dojo U tuning clinic for the first weekend in May, this upcoming year. You join us here at the Dojo, Troy, New York, and uh, and we really rip your tuning. We, we really break you down and build, build you back up again. I don't want it to sound violent. It's not violent. Uh, it is intense, though. And it's only tuning, right? It's a bagpipe workshop where we don't talk about expression. We don't talk about uh, the secret. We don't talk about the secret uh, fairy dust that you sprinkle on your chanter to get the expression. Uh, you know what that sound means.
five minute warning. Uh, we don't talk about any of that stuff. We just talk about how do you tune good. So you, I, and I think a lot of people that are out there today can attest to uh, just how much progress we make over the course of a weekend on somebody's tuning. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yes, and everybody's sounding great. Cruise. One last, sorry, sorry to jump around. One note on the cruise. If you're out there and you don't have somebody to come with and you may be looking for a roommate, that can be arranged in, um, you know, if there are two of you, for example. So um, if you're out there and thinking you couldn't go because you're all alone, you are not. Contact us. We'll help you get in contact with somebody. So sign up. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, uh, it's, it's really, really fun. Harmony of the Seas, biggest cruise ship in the world. And uh, Second. There's a bigger one now? Yeah, they came out with it. It's funny. It's the same thing happened to us last year. They came out with it. Uh, I think it came out this year, the beginning of this year or sometime. It's, it's, a, it's their newest one. It's like an inch longer or something stupid like that. It's not much. Uh, it's always, it's always uh, an inch longer with these ships, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember when we went on the cruise like the night before, I was like, oh, my God. I don't, this is going to be lame. Like we, we, we built the, we did a cruise in 2017 with the dojo as well. I was like, this is going to be lame. This is going to stink. It's going to be like Vegas on a boat and all the students are going to hate it. And I'm going to go to business. And I remember having all these negative thoughts. I'll tell you what though, the second I got on the cruise, right? We, we carried our box of materials up to the conference room and then we came out. And there was a whole bunch of people already just chilling in one of the bars, having like uh, having like orange creamsicle cosmopolitans uh, all together, and it was super fun, and uh, um, it was a great time. So anyway, we hope you'll join us. If not, we'll uh, we'll take home videos, and you can watch them and wish you were there. <laughs> All right, Carl. Good job today. Alrighty. Some of your scores, you know, we'll evaluate that in your in your dojo uh, staff performance review this month. Uh, but uh, pretty good job overall. Nice job, everybody. That's going to be it. We'll take one final look at the Troy uh, cityscape here. It's kind of clearing That's up a fine. little bit. Dojo performance review doesn't include the uh, evaluation of bribery money that's been taken this month. <laughs> oh, I see. Interesting. Look at those clouds. Look at those clouds moving across the, the skyline. Beautiful shot there. A perfect way to end. It's been great. I'm excited. Thank you to all 10 of you who watched live. It's been great. Thank you so much. Might as well be 10,000.